Well, hello, everybody. I'm Hal. And I'm Melanie. And we want to welcome you to another episode of Making Biblical Family Life Practical. Today, we're going to talk about one of those most practical of all topics, and that's money. Mm-hmm. And particularly how you teach your young people about it. Because it's a little bit more obvious with the older kids, Hal. Yeah. Because with older kids, I mean, you it's like, get a job, start a business, budget, save money. Right, right. <laughs> it's not so easy. You can't tell your five-year-old to go get a job. No, no, no so, we don't. We don't do that here anymore. So, um, how yes. do you teach these young kids to manage money? How do you teach them to take it seriously? Well, we do need to take it seriously because you know one of the things that that I noticed when we were we were researching some issue. I think it was our book on marriage or something else. And the Holmes Rahi stress test, something psychologists okay. developed years ago. They they ranked major life events. Um, in their order of impact on your health. And so things like death of a is like the, um, but it's like the first 14 things, you know, number 14 was like financial issues, but like everything above number 14 had a financial impact of some sort. It touches every aspect of our lives. It really does. And, you know, it's something that we need to be intentional about teaching, starting from very early, teaching them to, stewards of what God's given them. So how, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. You know, it, that's a whole lot easier said than done. I think part of it is just even teaching them what money is and what it's about. Like, you know, we teach our kids that money is like a voucher for work. Okay. Yeah. And, that, and that's a concept, which I, I don't think, I don't think everybody has really thought through, but, it, but I mean, that's, that's a very important thing, you know, to say yeah. that, that, we're in the, you know, we're in the business of writing and publishing books, but we can't take box loads of books down to city hall to pay for our electrical bill. No, they're not going to be impressed because they no. don't need books. They don't need books. You and know, so and it, you know, I have friends that are cattle farmers, mm-hmm. and yet, you know, they might they need they need hay, mm-hmm. and the hay may not want cattle. Right. You know, right. so you have to you have to have something. That that gets beyond that, and you take that into history and teach about the barter system, barter economy. Right. To you mean a medium of exchange. Yes. Is what it is. Coins, yeah. dollars. Coins of the realm. Yeah, you need money because money is a, is a voucher for it. You know, we exchange it for the work we do. Well, that's, you know, yeah. we get the we get a check for the money for the work we do, and we take it to the bank, and then we use that money to pay other people for their work. That's right. And so that's that's an important principle to get to the children to say. Okay, now look, every piece of money that passes through your hands, somebody worked and did something productive. Either they, they did some labor or they produced something for sale. Yeah. And, and that, that piece of money represents a certain amount of their work, a certain amount of their time and effort. I think it's really super important for young kids to grasp because you know, when you connect it, when you can say, okay, well, dad had to work for this money. You know, dad's away from us. Right. Or he goes off and does this work, maybe works on the farm. Mm-hmm. And that what he did earned the money that we're spending. Right. You know, that makes it real mm-hmm. and helps him understand why um, we can't just have whatever we want. <laughs> yeah. And, and in, some, in some cases, it's easier to conceptualize than others. Because, you know, if dad is somebody who bills by the hour or dad is somebody who's like working on a time clock type of situation, you know, it's easier to say, hey, if I take off an hour early, that's going to cost the family 
pick your price, $50, $20, $15, whatever yeah. dad's normal hourly rate is, you know, that's easy to say. It's, it's not so easy if you're, if you're in a salary situation. Or know? if you have your own business. Or if you have your own business, which of course you work an infinite number of hours and you enjoy yourself. <laughs> so what was it? One of our friends say recently, he said, I work the, um, I work as, I work myself as hard as a as an abused circus animal, but I wouldn't trade with anybody. Yeah, he says, yeah. I've got nobody to blame but myself. Yes. <laughs> well, okay. So, but at any rate, yeah, that that's yeah. that's the point. That money represents somebody's work, somebody's time, some effort, somebody's produce. And so it's not just, oh, daddy, you know, dad or mom has this wonderful magic card, and we just hand hand the merchant our card, and they give us hamburgers or. You know, they we they give us groceries or something in exchange. So that's yeah, that's an important point to get across. So. Yeah, it is. But beyond that, then we need to teach them for what purposes we should be having. When what what should we do with our money? So we need to teach them. Of you don't have to teach them about spending. That comes pretty naturally. Uh yeah, they get that part. But there's other things. Like, do you remember that episode in Farmer Boy? Right in the Little House on the Prairie series, yes. R. Ingalls Wilder. She wrote she wrote one book called Farmer Boy that was about the life of her of her future husband, um, Almanzo Wilder. And when he was a young boy, um, the family went into town for the uh, for the Fourth of July celebration, and he encountered his his town cousins, and they were teasing him because they had money to buy lemonade from the from the vendors in the concession stand and he didn't have any money. So he, you know, the boys got to doing this yah-yah back and forth and they kind of dared him. And so he went, he went to his father and asked him for some money, which he just had, just wasn't done. I mean, he didn't ever do that, but his, his dad was wise enough to figure out kind of what was going on. And so his dad um, got a reach out of his pocket and fished out a big silver coin and said, you know what this is? And Alma said, is that a half dollar? And his father said, yes, it is. And he, then he takes him through, you know, can you remember all the work that we did to grow potatoes last year? And, and has him list all of those different steps of farming the potatoes and then how they had to harvest them. And then they had to store them and they had to pick out the best ones for the merchants that, that were buying for the restaurants and all. He said, well, you know, this, this represents everything that went into a bushel of potatoes because that's about what we get for a bushel of potatoes. And, and so this represents work and he gives him that half dollar. He says, you can have this, which is like, wow, you just gave that boy a fortune. <laughs> that's a large and amount of money back then. a lot of money then. And, and he told Almanzo that you can do whatever you want with it. You can go buy lemonade, drink it all up this afternoon, or you can go, you know, do whatever. It's your money. Um, he's, and then he kind of, as a side thought, he said, you know, I, you, I saw a man over there on the edge of the fairgrounds that has some little suckling pigs. And, you know, he wanted about 50 cents for one of those piglets. And I, I thought, boy, if somebody bought one of those piglets and raised it up carefully, when it got to be a full grown sow, they might, whoo, they might get as much as $2 for that. But you, you can do whatever you want with that. And Almanzo decided, Hmm. I'm going to buy me a pig instead of, <laughs> instead of some lemonade. So, you know, so Mr. Wilder gave his son kind of two options. You can, you can invest that money in something that'll, uh, that'll grow or you can consume it. 
But there's some other options we need to teach our kids too. Mm-hmm. Like you can save it so that you can buy something you can't buy right now. Well, and that I too. Delayed gratification is the wonderful thing if you can get that across to you. Well, you know, I remember our kids doing a free enterprise leadership challenge and yes. coming home with T-shirts to the delayed gratification lifestyle. I, had, yeah, I yeah. approve. Yeah, and that's <laughs> a good thing. Well, okay, so you can you can consume it or you can invest it yes. or you can save it for some yes. purpose. Or, or you can give it. Uh, yeah. And that's, you can give it. And, mm-hmm. and that's something we need to really teach our kids that, you know, the Lord said, give and it shall be given unto you. Yeah. The Lord loves yeah. a cheerful giver. Yes. You know, there, there's many things in scripture about, about using the money and the resources that God's blessed us with to bless other people too. And I remember many, many years ago, we had a friend come visit who was in a, um, they were in that time where you raise money to go on the mission field. Deputation. De- thank you. I couldn't yes. remember it. Yes. And they were in the middle of their deputation. And they came and she was just talking about it. And I didn't even think the kids were listening. Uh-huh. But one of our little boys, he was young at the time. Right. Went and got all his birthday money. Like $20. Yeah, which was it. a lot of money at and that time for that child. Yeah. And brought it down and he wanted to give it to them. And I remember feeling kind of hesitant. And thinking, oh, that's a lot of money for that little kid. There are things he really, really wanted. And I realized, whoa, what better could he invest in than the kingdom of God? Wow. And so he gave them the money. And what was most interesting to me was to watch the next few months. Mm -hmm. Because they put him on their supporter list and sent him regular updates. And he was fascinated to read it. And he took a real pleasure of pride in, in, in feeling like that was something he had done too, that that was part of his ministry. Perfectly legitimate. Yeah. And that's exactly what he had done. And, and so, so that, that was really cool. You know, just that benefit of giving in a young child like that. Yeah. And I think in teaching them to, to freely give, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're giving them a powerful lesson for later. And, and that kind of touches on something else. Um, you know, that, to, to have that generous spirit and feel like, hey, I'm, I'm going to give money to bless somebody or to build the kingdom of God or to take care of a need that I've seen, you know. Well, you know, that reminds me of a story that I heard, Hal. What? Um, it was years ago. I think it was in one of the God Smuggler books. Mm-hmm. And he talked about visiting with a family. I think it was maybe in Amsterdam. And right. they just lived in a small apartment, very humble. And he yeah. was shocked to see the amount of their giving. And someone told him, oh, actually, they're very wealthy, but they choose to live in a modest way mm-hmm. so they can invest more in God's kingdom. And that had a, a tremendous impact on me, you know, is to mm-hmm. hear their story and to realize, you know, God can trust them with great wealth, mm-hmm. you know, because he, he, he knows they, they'll use it for the kingdom. Yeah. Could God trust me with that kind of money? Oh, you know, it really convicted me that, you know, that their their heart was to use their wealth to serve the Lord. And I wonder if I hadn't been if I wouldn't be more concerned about spending it on myself, you know. Well, I know that our ministry has been blessed by some some people that we've known through our church and some other relationships who I think God has given a real a real gift for building wealth, you know, that they have, they have worked hard and they've invested well and they are free givers and, and they blessed us and they blessed other ministries that way. And, and so, you know, I think that's, 
that's almost like a gift of hospitality. You know, yeah. some people just live to serve others by opening their home to them. Well, I think there are some people who just seem to make lots of money and seem to be very open handed about it. You know, this is, Hey, this is what God allows me to do. And that's how I, that's how I build the kingdom. I, I really want our kids to have that kind of heart. Yeah. I want them to have a heart of knowing that, yeah, you need, you need money. You need to feed your family. You need to support your family. Yeah. But that money has a purpose beyond just indulging ourselves. Well, you know, one of the things that, that we talk about in some of our, uh, some of our classes and webinars that we do is we talk about the principle of stewardship that, that the earth is the Lord and all that it contains, you know, that everything that's on this planet was created and sustained by God and it all belongs to him. And so we don't, you know, we talk about owning things, but really truly we are managers of the wealth of God's kingdom. Yeah. We, he gives them to us to manage. And sometimes he, he, you know, it's almost like he looks down and says, okay, now it's time for you to give that to another steward. You know, uh, times that, God is, is, it's almost like God is, I'm going to give the kid to give you right now, but I'm going to expect you to give part. We went on a transmission dial on top of Mount Madonna. Yes. Yeah. Trust mm -hmm. to make through that time. The, the big one for me now mm -hmm. was on the side of the road in Wisconsin. I, f yeah. I just felt so hopeless because it was the beginning of the conference season. We had spent a that we go to, and the van is, is like really dying, not just temporarily breaking, but like yeah. permanently giving up the ghost. And right. I felt such despair. And yet, if we hadn't gone through that, we wouldn't have seen the amazing thing the Lord did in raising enough money for us to buy a van in six if you're and, interested in the full story, I would go to and just scroll on down. This has been what about three, four years ago? Yeah. Now? So you're looking like 2000. Or they can or do, they can say Control F and search van. Okay. That'd be much but faster. We, but we talked some at some length about this really incredible event. Well, but, it was amazing. We meet but, people all over the country that ask us about it. But it does come back to. But it comes back to: Do you have the trust? Yeah. In the Lord, that if He takes away something you need, then He's going to provide for you. Because it's mm -hmm. scary. That was a very scary time for me, and right. yet seeing seeing God's provision was so incredibly faith building. You know, in, in just a few minutes, I want to talk a more practical way mm -hmm. finances to young kids. Right. But first, I'd like to have, let's tell them the Evangelical Christian Credit Union because they have been so good as to mm -hmm. sponsor this podcast. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we need to install practically, practical and godly values about money. We've been talking about that. Yeah. And they don't magically appear. We got to train our kids to support themselves, mm -hmm. to, to think about money, to save for the things they need. Like, you know, right. we've got a child saving for a car to take back to college. And right. One saving for a laptop. Right. And the whole concept of stewardship is if you are managing things, it doesn't yes. just, you, you don't just occupy it, but you're, you're supposed to take care of it. You're supposed to maintain and build up. And, you know, one of the things is to get them, get them bank accounts at an early age. And that's one of the things that, 
the ECCU, the Evangelical Christian Credit Union, is offering now. They have their their Start Young banking accounts. Oh, they're really cool because it allows you to come alongside your children. Mm-hmm. You know, you can you can when they're young, you do the banking with them, watching you. Mm-hmm. When they get a little bit older, then they then they start managing it. Um, mm-hmm. You're banking alongside them, right? And when they're teens, they do the banking, you monitor, right? But they're getting that practical, real life experience that they need that that will prepare them. Well, and, and that's a really important thing. So we really recommend go check out the Evangelical Christian Credit Union. That's at eccu.org. No, okay, Is hang it? on, Let, no. let's get it right. Well, do they have a? Yes, but you want to go eccu.org slash real. Real. R-E-A-L. Yes. Okay. And so they're gonna they're gonna show you how to do this. These accounts don't have fees. They're easy to use, and the ECCU uh-huh. supports the things that we care about. They're grounded in the Christian tradition. They support homeschoolers and Christian families, and they help you your kids use money respectfully and wisely. Awesome. Okay, so, so check we, them out. So we want to thank the Evangelical Christian Credit Union for your support. Hope that you'll support them in return too. Okay, so so let's talk about something that really just tremendously impacted me. How? What was that? I remember this was a definitive moment in my money parenting, all right? Okay. I was at the grocery store, the one right over there a few blocks away, uh-huh. with one of our young kids, and we're standing in line, and he says, Mama, can I buy that bag of candy? I have the money. Mm-hmm. And he must have seen my face. I am not didn't like the idea of buying a pound bag of candy. This little kid, he needed no. that, like, he needed a hole in the head. Right. And he said, just share with the family. Ah, okay. They they learned that. So that's a useful card to play. Yes. So I, you know, it ran through my mind. I wanted to say, "Oh, honey, save your money for that Lego set you want to buy," because we were going through a difficult time financially, and I couldn't afford to buy it. From I wanted yeah. to have it. Right. And then I thought, what would Jesus say? Would he say, "Oh, honey, save it for yourself," mm-hmm. or would he say? When you say give. Given it shall be given unto you. Right. <laughs> so I bit my tongue and I said, well, you know, and I caught sight of a poster off the window and I said, yeah, I think buying a snack for the family would be a good idea. But you see, ice cream is buy one, get one free. And you could buy ice cream, feed the whole family ice a cream. A lot free. of ice cream for the same price as that. Yeah. Candy. And yeah. he said, can I choose the flavor? And yeah. I say, yeah, it's your money. You buy it, you choose the flavor. Well, we walked back to the to the freezer section. Honey, you would have thought he was choosing an engagement ring. He was as serious as a heart attack. He was like, well, you know, this sibling likes that flavor, and this one likes that, and and, and he wanted to please everybody. Right. Finally, he came up with two flavors. He thought everybody would like something. Yeah. So we came home. When we pulled into the up, up to the house, he ran inside. Uh-huh. And he yelled, guys, guys, I bought ice cream for the family. And he served everyone. And as we all sat around in the den eating it, mm-hmm. I watched his face. And he was watching each of his siblings enjoying that treat. And I thought, mm-hmm. you know, one day this little tiny boy is going to be a big man. And yeah. he's going to have to make sacrifices to support his family. Mm-hmm. And I want him to remember what a blessing it is 
to provide something that someone else needs and enjoys. And yeah. so ever since then, I've tried when they say, can I buy something for the family? Can I buy you a treat? Can I do something for you to say, right. sure, honey. And that, that it's kind of hard. You have to humble yourself a little bit Yeah, it, to I let know. them provide something for you. Yeah. Because you, you realize, yeah, that they're, they don't have a lot of ways to generate money for themselves. And so it's like they're spending their birthday money. They're spending gift money from something, you know, and you think, yeah, you're not, I mean, you were, you're sacrificing something that's not going to be easy to replace. And yet that's a very important principle. And I think, you know, that touches on something else too, that the best way to teach things is to live it out in front of your kids. You know, and when, you're, when your children see that you don't buy things on, on impulse, you know, that you restrain yourself and delay gratification and that you, you try to maintain a budget, you try to be careful on, you know, how you invest or spend your money. That's an example that they need to, they need to see that. And, and you just talk about it, you're going through life. And yeah. you have to talk to see. Yeah. And that's a big point because how did Jesus teach the disciples? I keep coming back to that. He lived in front of them and he talked about it. You know, he, he would turn to the disciples and say, do you understand what, what just happened or, or what I was teaching? Or do you have any questions? So you can't just say, well, I, you know, the children can see me and therefore by osmosis, they are gaining wisdom. But well, no, they don't. No, 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 you have to teach me. You have to say, you know, I would really love to drive through tonight because I'm really tired, but Budget just won't handle it. I need I need that money to pay bills. So let's go home and make food. Yeah. And when they see you talking through those things, it helps them to understand the decisions you're making, which I think keeps them from resenting them. Yeah. Because in that way, instead of you just won't buy me what I want, they I I've had kids say when I was giving in, when I was like, Yeah, let's just stop and get a pizza. The kids say, No, mom, it's all right. Look, we can't afford it. I'll, I'll make supper when we get home. And it's cool to see that, to see them. Stirring one another up to good work. Yeah, even if it's stirring <laughs> us up to good work. Sometimes your kids will be accountable, and that's a good thing, right? Well, it really is. And because when they gain that, the sensible attitude toward money, yeah. when they realize that it took work to get it, that it's, mm -hmm. you know, it, it pays off. And it pays off big time long term. Because well, yeah. as your kids move into the preteens, which is the biggest consumer age, that's the age that a lot of ads are aimed at. Right. As they move into the preteens and the teens, if you've given them a foundation of, you know, this is how you get money. This is what it's used <clears> for. <throat> these are their limits to what we can spend. Right. You know, there's wise decisions and foolish decisions. And I think it makes well, that a lot easier. And although you don't tell your children every detail of everything and you don't overload a small You don't line, scare them to death. But at the same time, you know, some sometimes you might be saying, well, that all sounds good, but you don't understand I've got all of these student loans I'm still paying off or we made some bad investments or, I, you know, we're, we're, we're in debt. We're trying to work our way out. Your kids Been there. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Your kids need to hear that. And you, they, can, you can always say, you know. I made some decisions which seemed right at the time, but I, I regret them now. Or maybe it was unavoidable, but here's the situation. Yeah. Don't you remember when daddy was so sick and yeah. you know, you can share the knowledge and the, you know, the, I think the most powerful part of it is yes, 
share within your budgetary limitations. Right. Share and tell them what you wish was different. But always express to them your faith in the Lord to provide. And let them yeah. see you praying for things. Like, it's yeah. been so powerful for our kids. I remember one day, it was when this ministry was just starting. Yeah. And we got an invitation to speak in Arizona yes. and California. Mm-hmm. I remember have a trailer big enough to carry all the stuff we needed to take out there. Yeah. And we had to make a decision because we were like, what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. And I remember kids in praying one morning. Father, that is what we need to make this trip. We've been committed to make this trip. Mm-hmm. Should we try to build some kind of container on our opening? And that evening, a young couple in the church, we didn't even know very well then, they're mm-hmm. friends now, yeah. sent a message. And they said, is this the kind of trailer that you guys are, are praying for that you, know, that you hope that the Lord will provide for you? Mm-hmm. And it was a cargo trailer, big, yeah. big enclosed cargo trailer. We yeah. said, yeah, that's exactly what God mm-hmm. um, we're looking for, but we can't really afford it right now. Yeah. And they said, we want to buy it for you. And they did. And we're still using that trailer. We're still using that, that trailer. across the country multiple times. <laughs> many, now. many times. But, yeah, but, was... but our children mm-hmm. and what that meant to them to see that we had been praying for the Lord to provide what we needed and the, the Lord had laid it on the hearts of this couple in church. And I don't know how they heard about it. They provided it provided an answer to our prayer. Let me tell you something. Our, that built our kids' faith. And, you know, you may be in a situation like us. We're in ministry and you know, our income and there's ups and downs and stuff. So we find ourselves praying at different times very earnestly saying, okay, Lord, we need provision now. We don't know what it is. And, you know, our children get to see how God has provided and cared for our family through that sort of thing in a way that was not quite so obvious when I worked in a traditional corporate type of job. But there are other ways to mm-hmm. do it when you're in that situation. Like I remember back then yeah. when our older kids were young, and we had more money than we really needed. And I remember praying for other families and being a part of the answer. Mm-hmm. Like I remember one family that um, had been a blessing to us and they were in ministry and they were struggling mm-hmm. and it was Christmas time and our kids, we were just talking about and praying for them. And our kids said, do you remember Several years ago, when when Dad was laid off for a while at Christmas, mm-hmm. and people gave us stuff, I said, "Yeah, I remember that. That was a blessing." And yeah. one of the kids said, "Why can't we do that for them?" And so we yeah. went out shopping, and we gathered stuff, and we put it in boxes, mm-hmm. and we snuck up into the neighborhood mm-hmm. and pulled up really quietly. And the kids got out and ran and put it up on their doorstep, and they rang the doorbell and ran back to the car and jumped yeah. in. Yeah. And it was so much fun, and it was such a blessing. And to hear what they said later yeah. about the blessing and never let them know it was us. Yeah. You know, there are ways to teach your kids about God's provision, being a part of God's provision when you're on the giving side as well as the receiving side. So, you know, that, that touches on that issue of being intentional about thinking yeah. about how do we manage the money that God's given us to manage and talking with your children about it to bring them into that conversation to be an example, to 
to let them know, hey, this, you know, we're managing this. We don't claim it. We're not piling it up, making big heaps of gold to sleep on like dragons. And, and it doesn't and, have to be super complicated and consistent. No. Like, you know, I, I would read these things and they'd talk about giving your kids allowances and then having to save a certain amount and give a certain amount. And, you know, that hasn't always been worked for us. That, that's kind of hard when you got you eight know, kids and, and not a lot of income to divide up. Yeah, that. That, yeah, that hasn't worked really well for us. And, you don't. You can still teach your kids good stuff about money, even if you aren't this super organized person with the little houses that your child puts different coins in. Yeah. I had good intentions. It never worked. <laughs> well, yeah. but so anyway, anyway yes. teach your children about money from a biblical perspective. Right. And go check out Evangelical Christian Credit Union at eccu.org/real. And yep. check out the Start yep. Young accounts. Get your kids' bank accounts. Teach them about the miracle of compound interest. Okay. <laughs> and, and teach them teach them that money that you never see that's in the that you spend with debit cards is just as real as the money you get in coins and dollars. That's a good point. Now, look, I gotta confess, I didn't check the clock. How much time do we have left? Forty-five seconds. How oh, we're right there? All? Yes. Okay. Well, then we got other things to talk about. But look, why don't you hit that button before it screams at us? But okay. um, we want to encourage you not only to check out eccu.com or .org rather, but also if you are in Texas, we're going to be in Waco, Texas in in the coming couple of weeks. We're also going to be speaking at um, Teach Them Diligently, not only in Waco, but also in Atlanta and then in Mobile. We're going to be at FPA in Orlando, Florida, HEAV in Richmond, Virginia. Don't forget HEAV in Winston-Salem. In Winston-Salem and the summer at AFHE in Arizona. Back to Arizona. And don't forget, it's not too late to sign up for Come Away Weekend, okay. our spring marriage retreat on beautiful St. Simons Island, mm-hmm. May 3rd through 5th. We would so love for you podcast listeners to join us. It's not too late. Go out to RaisingRealMen.com slash, slash retreat list. And we'll send you a $75 off coupon. Ooh, and we would love to have you with us, okay? So it's not too late. Let's go ahead. Come away weekend, May 3rd through 5th in beautiful St. Simon's Island. Okay, so look, we do appreciate you joining us as we try to bring biblical principles to bear on the 21st century family. This is Making Biblical Family Life Practical. I'm Hill. And I'm Melanie. And so until next week, thanks for joining us. Bye, y'all. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Making Biblical Family Life Practical with Hal and Melanie Young. If you found this program interesting, challenging, and encouraging, why not join us on the web at halandmelanie.com. That's H-A-L-A-N-D-M-E-L-A-N-I-E.com. Or follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook slash Hal and Melanie or Facebook.com slash Raising Real Men. This program is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Join us next week when we'll be back to talk about making biblical family life practical. Until then, thank you and God bless you for listening.